It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone. We are getting ready for the Sharks to take on the Islanders as they continue their road trip. It was a very nice um, comeback that was not against the Rangers, but it was good to see that pushback, that response, that overall ability to get themselves back into a game. It was not something we had been seeing previously. And so for me to watch that happen, it gives you hope for where the Sharks can continue to go. Again, I know this is a work in progress. They are not going to be world beaters on any given night, uh, but to watch them play with a response that they did not previously have in the year, uh, I'm going to be pleased with that. Every, any single way you look at it, watching the Sharks have that response gave me the sense that they are learning and adapting and growing as a team because that type of response was not there a month ago. That type of response was not something they could rely on um, a few weeks ago. And then we look at the change between one month to the next. You know, we go back a month ago and they were coming off of those two horrific losses, falling to Vancouver and then the Pens. And then they came back and they won two games right after that. So right now, it is very much an improving situation with the Sharks, even if it is not a perfect situation in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they are looking like a better and more focused and more organized team out there on the ice. To get into everything regarding the San Jose Sharks, we are now joined by Sheng Peng of San Jose Hockey Now and NBC Sports California. Sheng, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Uh, it's uh, chilly out here in uh, Long Island, um, but uh, not too bad, though. No snow, so I can't really complain. Yeah, man, I, uh, I've i been in New York during the uh, the winter season. It is, uh, it is a far cry from how it is with uh, our life in the Bay Area. Um, you know, obviously, you've been out there for, you know, a little bit on this trip now. Um, what What is your overall take on, you know, how... Like, what are the questions other media members are asking you about the Sharks? I guess that's that's an interesting question because I'm always curious how the perception is when we um, when we get to a you know a hockey market like that that is so far away where they only see the headlines and and not yeah. as much nuance. And that that's not to criticize them, but that's just the reality when you're on the other side of the country. Sure. Uh, questions range from "Are they this bad?" Uh, to uh, zero, 10 and one. Is that really how they started? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny. Cause you know, we, we see it up close. So we do see the nuance and you know, part of that is I was talking to somebody the other day, um, before the Rangers game, I was saying, I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, it was a bad start without a doubt. I was like, but it's been, it's been better since then. So I guess, you know, if you, if you do go from the two games that started off November, 10-1 and 10-2 losses mm -hmm. to Vancouver and the Pens, respectively, what, what has been the big change that's allowed them to play more, a more respectable level of hockey? I think, uh, well, one thing stayed the same. The goaltending stayed strong, which it was uh, strong uh, during their 0-10-1 start. Uh, but then uh, after that, I would say uh, – 
just started scoring more goals. Uh, guys like uh, Mike Hoffman, he had he was on a six goal, uh, six game uh, terror there for a while. Um, started shooting from from uh, from the inside areas more. Uh, Luke Cunning, uh, who was snake bitten start of the season, he started scoring. So guys like they just they just they just started scoring more goals. I think they had they were at like averaging one goal a game <laughs> during that uh, losing streak. Uh, up to up to two or so right now, which and actually after the last couple of games, uh, higher than that now. So so started scoring a bit more. Um, guys like um, Tomas Hurdle took a took a, took another step, I think, in the last um in the last uh, twelve games or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then young players, obviously, um, like uh, Zetterlin taking on a larger role, uh, jumping from I think fourteen minutes a night in the first uh, early part of the season to to nineteen now. And a big part of it too. I talked with Nico Sturm about this um, uh, back at back at home. And I think a big part of it was just getting those first couple of wins, and um, and it's such it's just such a relief. Um, uh, so it, it was becoming kind of a mental thing, uh, right. the way the way that they tell it. It makes sense. So you keep losing, it just kind of compounds, and you just want the losing to end, however you you can to stop it. But then you get desperate, and you make desperate plays, and you do things that are uncharacteristic of, of, of yourself on the ice. And so, uh, so, so that, that's, that's what Nico said that it just, they, once it could get through that, uh, that, that barrier, those, 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 uh, get those first W's under their belt that just made everybody breathe a little easier. They could sleep at night better. Um, probably, you know, people weren't asking them about, you know, about, about, uh, about it as much. And so, yeah, so I think, I think a combination of all those things has sort of, uh, helped, most definitely. And, you know, I, I think that one of the things that was, um, you know, intriguing was to watch the development of Zetterlins. And he was a guy that didn't do much when he came over last year. And it's, mm-hmm. listen, you go from where, you know, the Devils were last year to where the Sharks were, and you're in a new place you've never lived before, and you're trying to learn everyone. That's that's a tough thing to have happen. But, you know, I, I feel like one of the other narratives we've seen, Shang, is that the team is learning each other like there was a lot of turnover and I I felt at time and we heard Quinn say you know guys don't uh, trust each other and it feels like now there is a little bit more of that that trust and I feel like I could I could see that with you know Zetterlin the guys he's been playing with and just overall with the team it seems like everyone has maybe not trust is the correct word but it's more like they have an idea of where other guys are going to be on the ice and what they're going to do out there they understand you know, it's we, we would cheapen it and say it's chemistry, but that's when we talk about chemistry, it's a much more complicated answer than just saying, oh, yeah, these guys get along. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, for sure. I mean, I think you, you make a good point. And I mean, I think it starts from like uh, the, the, the talent base is is a part of it. So if you're a more talented team and but it's a bunch of new guys together. It still takes time to kind of get together and organize, right? And if we just look back uh, five years ago with the Sharks when they traded for Eric Carlson, and that was a super talented group, right? But they started off the season slow. and But they started off the season slow with like a 12-10-5 and 5 record, which uh, <laughs> these Sharks would, would take in a heartbeat, right? right. Um, and so this was a less talented group, obviously, than that one, and not considered one of the more talented groups in the league. And with the other factors, the injuries to uh, Couture and Granlin, not knowing each other, other uh things like that right uh it was just all a uh a perfect or imperfect storm that uh, led to a zero ten and also a really difficult schedule to let's not forget right. that in terms of couture by the way have we heard anything i mean i know that they said he they were talking about him you know starting to skate again um you know this has been kind of something that we thought was a brief start to the season that has turned into something much more lengthy for lack of a better term 
Yeah. Um. Actually, yeah. I actually have been meaning to ask about that since since I've been here for forgot to. I'll 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 probably ask uh, tomorrow. But uh, um, he has been on and off with the skating over the last couple of months. Um, the last time we checked, uh, maybe two weeks ago, he wasn't skating and uh, he was taking. It seemed like a a a bit of a a, a rest on that to to kind of uh, heal up. Um, so anyway, uh, with, uh, his specific injury, it sounds like the type though, even back when, um, when it was originally reported that, that he was in, that he was injured, uh, David Quinn and Sharks in general have been very careful to not place a specific timeline on it. And yeah. they've said that it's not like when a player breaks something. And so, you know, <laughs> how long it may be a serious injury and maybe four to six weeks, like a uh, Barabanov, right? Broke his finger. Right. Right. But we knew that, uh, we, we know that, 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 that kind of injury, it takes how long it heals. And it took, I think five, six weeks. And now of course, uh, Alex is back in the lineup. And so this injury was not that. And so it could have been a uh, good news and, and Logan's back in a week, which obviously is what everybody hoped. And of course, the uh, couture skated, um, ha has, has skated for, uh, uh, has skated a, a couple of times for, for stretches of, of days and maybe even weeks before shutting it down. Um, so there was hope probably that like, oh, he could be back in a week, two weeks. There was right. even the thought that um, I think there was even some optimism that he could even be ready for opening night. But the injury that that he has um, just it doesn't it doesn't doesn't work that way. And so um, unfortunately, it's hard to say there, there is no there is no. Uh, unless um, unless uh, he has skated recently, which we I, I will check on soon, uh, and he's doing great, which is possible. It's, again, this injury can turn around. We can be talking about this, and then we can see him. I mean, not like you know, not not like this road trip because he's still even if he is skating at full tilt, he didn't have any training camp, so they're not going to just throw him out there. Uh, but uh, we could see we could see him soon. That, that's that's possible. He can he can kind of turn around, or um, honestly, he he could be out uh, for for longer. Or, yeah, or I mean that's how long, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't know, and that's that's what's been fascinating to watch. And it was interesting a couple of weeks ago, right, or actually not even that long ago. It was right before they went off out on the road. We were sitting there doing Quinn's post game, and walking by was Logan and Zadina mm -hmm. and Ruda and Barbanov, and I'm thinking, man, like those are four guys that you would pencil in on any given nights for the Sharks when they were acquired and um or in the case of logan and you know barbanov having been here but it was just interesting to watch them all walk by and you know obviously you mentioned barbanov being back in the lineup and he was part of that big you know i will come back isn't the wrong term isn't the right term but you know they were part of that response after getting yeah. down six three the other day and that was something that we, you know, I, I believe you asked the question in post game, like, you know, how are, how is the team able to do that when before that's something that a wouldn't have happened and B probably would have gotten away a little bit more had it happened uh, more than a few weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'll be honest myself. Part of the reason for that, for my question about it was when the Rangers made a six to three, I checked out because I've been watching the team all season and um, uh, coming, having any response uh, to the goal that made it uh, 6-3, the uh, the Miller goal. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was late. I was like with like seven, eight minutes left. So like it wasn't like there was a lot of time left. I, I checked out and I was like, well, <laughs> uh, that's that's it for tonight. You know, time to start thinking about uh, uh, what I'm going to ask tonight. You know, the four, uh, the four consecutive goals that they gave up there, that sort of thing, right? And um, the Sharks uh, rewrote my my story for me a little bit there. And it was something that that they wouldn't have been able to, to do um, 
uh, three weeks ago, a month ago for sure. And uh, it is good to see that kind of uh, response in that kind of situation. Hopefully they can build on. It. I mean, look, like they're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're too far back. Um, but um, you keep building things like this and y- you hope that younger players like William Acklin, like uh, Nikita Hotia, like a Fabian Zetterlin, they're learning, learning this. And so they come in next year with a better sort of uh, 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 frame of mind to start the season, so to get off to a better start. And um, and they don't they don't allow things like the the, the back to back ten goal uh, uh, ten goal games that happen, things like that, right? And so he's just a kind of a kind of a, a baby steps. And um, I referenced it yesterday in a story I wrote about sort of the defensive lapses that 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 kind of doomed them in the Rangers game, but mm-hmm. I quoted a. a, a great movie all about eve a classic and uh and the the, the line from it is uh fasten your seatbelt it's going to be a bumpy night and <laughs> in this case though it's going to be a bumpy rebuild and it's going to be things like this uh but um but you find the prog the progress where you where you can and you just start 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 to build and that's what a rebuild is it doesn't happen overnight the sharks aren't going to win like their next 10 games and not likely you hope they do it'll be very entertaining <laughs> but they're not likely to win their next 10 games in a row and it turned their what, 617 record into a 500 record, uh, you know, within a month. Um, but you just build and clearly the Sharks are, are building. Uh, granted, they started as low as you can at NHL <laughs> in their first 11 games and their minus 42 goal differential. But uh, they are clearly getting better. And I think that's about all, all you can ask for uh, from this team and from the coaching staff and and and, and from uh, Mike Greer. So you got to give a lot of credit to to those, uh, the, the coaching staff and the front office for sticking through it and not making any panic moves and um, just getting the team back back on track, just like with uh, uh, Mike Greer's meeting with the team and his message to them in that meeting. Um and David Quinn sort of continued sort of uh, mess stressing in the same message of how they play, how they have to play. And the guys are slowly, surely, you know, getting it. I think the thing that really hits with the regards to the slow start versus where they are now is like, if you're bad and competitive and even relatively entertaining, people are okay. You know, it's, it's the 10, two, 10, one, seven, one losses that make people kind of want to, you know, they makes them not want to, you know, watch or listen because blowouts aren't fun. I mean, even when you're winning, if even if you're rooting for the team that's winning, it gets a little bit of, it's not the same type of excitement. And so just for them to be an entertaining product, you know, like you alluded to, like it's improved, it's gotten better. Um, I did want to ask you about the, the Mario Ferraro story that came up, I believe it was Elliot Friedman who first talked about it. I know you were writing about it. This, this is, my bigger question, Shang, is, you know, it, it speaks to the timeline. Like, when when do we think this Sharks team is at a point to where guys are not as expendable? If Ferraro is young. He's mm-hmm. not expensive per se. He's yeah. sound. You know, is is he the type of guy that, you know, would be that appealing to hold on to or not hold on to. And then I guess the second part of that is that people keep on coming up to me and making the joke. And it obviously we've seen this referenced on social media by a number of people like, Oh, how much is Edmonton going to offer for Mackenzie Blackwood? And I'm laughing like, I don't know that they have you know, that much to offer. And it, it's interesting just because I, it's a hard question to answer. I know the sharks have a lot of cap space coming up, but they might use that to try and take on some more bad contracts and acquire some more picks. It's, yeah. 
it's a really, I mean, it's fun. This is, it, it is a fascinating time to be a, a follower of the shark shank because seeing how Greer plays this and how he uses players and trades and salary cap, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the devils, you look at all the top talent they have. Well, you look at how many high draft picks they had that came at a cost. Yeah. Yeah, uh, with the throw first, I am very curious about it because um, I, I spoke with a number of scouts last year about kind of how they perceive Farrell's trade value. And uh, it was it was, it was was decent. Um, I think people talked about, oh, yeah, I would give a second for him, even with that contract and even with uh, the dashes that he's accumulated over the years because we don't necessarily blame him for all, the, all the, that poor plus minus because no. it's his team and it's the minutes he's playing where maybe he wouldn't be a 23-minute guy for – a top team, but uh, can he settle it into? I've I've always uh, uh, held on to. I believe that on a much better team, he could be a, a decent middle pairing guy, which is very valuable in its own right and is worth about three million dollars. Um, but anyway, though, um, and that seems that seems about right to me in terms of what was fair. If you were absolutely dead set on trading a, a, a Mario Ferraro, that 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 could be about right. Um, so the way that 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 Friedman was talking about it was that the Sharks, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is some kind of play where it's getting put out there just to let teams know that this 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 price is is not going to be a second round pick, which is maybe the fair cost. But we don't want fair for a guy who is like you say, 25, uh, who is great in the room, and there's no reason why a guy like that couldn't be part of your next playoff Sharks team whenever that happens. Um, Blackwood's a little different though, and this is just my opinion. I know a lot of uh, a lot of fans. Um, they they've loved what they've seen uh, with Blackwood, and they should. He's been he's been really good. I I think this is the best stretch of Sharks goaltending from an individual that I've seen in the last five years. Mm-hmm. A long stretch, uh, you know, a one two month stretch. And um, but for me, goaltending is always so so unpredictable. Right. And Blackwood, obviously, there, there's a reason why the Sharks were able to acquire him for just a six round pick uh over the summer because he had a couple injury plague seasons and i know that uh his pedigree it was high um was great his rookie year uh and all that kind of stuff with him and he and he's young too but just goaltending is just so unpredictable that if edmonton is 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 willing to pay a a very high price um uh for uh, for i guess i'll put it this way if and this is again this is just my opinion it's not what i'm hearing this isn't uh, uh that sort of thing but uh, if a team was willing to offer a second round pick for a, for a Blackwood, I would think really hard about that because again, uh, goaltending uh, at, when you when you have someone uh, uh, you're sure of like uh, Shosturkin or Sorokin or somebody like that, then yeah, that's worth its weight in gold. And you don't trade that away for 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 just a second round pick. But there's only a handful of goalies like that in the, in, in the league. And after 20 games or so, Blackwood isn't one of those yet. He may prove me wrong of course uh but it's sort of a calculated gamble to take a high pick for that but defenseman though a guy like farrell i think there's a little bit more of a certainty of, of right. what he's going to be and in, in next year and the year after that and so and so i would understand that position that while a second might be fair um that yeah you do hold out and maybe you put it out there in the media hey <laughs> you you want to even think about it you gotta you gotta pay through the nose <laughs> uh, for 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 this guy, and so I I wonder I don't know for sure I haven't I haven't checked in checked in on that uh, uh, um, this season I was checking in more on that last season, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah so I wonder if there's a little bit of of that going on where the Sharks uh, might consider trading Ferraro, but it really does have to be overpayment. 
Hear more from that interview tomorrow morning on Morning Tide, presented by Coors Light, as we go over everything we saw in the game against the Islanders. We are just about out of time, but be sure to join Dan Rusinowski and Brett Hedekin on the Sharks Audio Network at 4 o'clock this afternoon for live pregame coverage, 4.30 go time as the Sharks take on the Islanders before they head to Detroit and then to Vegas before they're finally back home in San Jose. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.